1: It's about culture now. Isn't Wikipedia already a DAO? Part of politics and part of sports and part of gaming. And it's not just like the future of money anymore.
0: As they push the conversation further with their own criticisms and reactions to the latest Bitcoin and crypto news from around the world. It believes crypto is bad and it wants it out.
1: I'm even old enough to remember when Microsoft was a kind of cool company in Silicon Valley. Ben, you're old enough to remember when telegrams came over a wire under the sea.
0: (laughs) And just a reminder, CoinDesk is a news source and does not provide investment advice.
1: Hi, everybody. This is Opinionated. I'm Ben Schiller, the opinion editor here at CoinDesk, and joining us today is Anna Bedakova.
2: Hello.
1: Hi there. Um, We have a very special guest uh, who we're going to talk to about uh, the fusion of decentralized finance and uh, artificial intelligence. That's Jesus Rodriguez, and he is the CEO of Into the Block. Hi there.
3: Hi, Anna. Hi, Ben. Thank you for having me.
1: Thanks for coming on. So. You've been writing a number of pieces uh, for the opinion section here at Coindesk about this fusion of these two big movements of decentralized finance and artificial intelligence. Can you just sort of situate our readers as to what that phenomenon is? I mean, how do you see DeFi evolving in combination with uh, AI?
3: Well, I think everybody in technology is uh, familiar with Mark Andreessen's famous essay at the Wall Street Journal about software is eating the world. And I think in machine learning, we're saying machine learning is eating software. So what it means is that the vast majority of the software in the world is going to be with machine learning and artificial intelligence as a core building block. It's going to be like you know, databases, like a piece of uh, infrastructure that everybody has to have. So DeFi, in its first incarnation, focused on automating financial primitives. So it was all about automation. But, but in terms of the, the intelligence of those protocols, they're, they're very dumb in nature. They provide a ton of value because the level of transparency and automation. So it's only natural that the second generation of these protocols are going to incorporate AI capabilities as a first-class citizen. And that can take a number of connotations from, you know, whether we're doing AMMs or lending or other things, but we should expect these protocols to become more intelligent instead of the intelligence living outside the protocols, which is what happens today. So at the moment, basically injecting
1: the intelligence into the protocols, and you're saying it's going to be sort of embedded into the, the life of those.
3: Correct. So today the intelligence live in companies like ourselves doing quantum strategies on top of DeFi or everybody who is doing market poc- uh, forecasting or market intel. On top of that, like why not to embed a lot of that logic into the protocols? Like for instance, to, to give you some examples, could we have lending protocols that will adjust the loans based on the history of the specific wallets they're interacting with, whether they have had liquidations, whether they have been linked to any suspicious accounts, or could we have uh, automated market makers a la Uniswap that instead of doing a very simple linear formula of X plus Y equals K, have a more sophisticated way to balance the pools based on market signals on, on what's happening. Then you can even extrapolate it to something to, to put it more in context. A few weeks ago, we had a scary episode with what happened with uh, Wonderland and the meme relationship. And there were a lot of people that were in that famous meme trading convex that were affected. So could you have embedded intelligence in Convex to adjust a proportion of the pools based on what was happening in the market at that time? I mean, that, that's not very far-fetched and the technology is there today.
1: So practically speaking, how do you think this will change the experience of DeFi for, for users today? I mean, if, if I'm a retail investor and I want to get ahead in, in DeFi, am I going to be beaten out by hedge funds employing these very powerful technologies?
3: That's a very good question. So if we want a parallel of traditional Market something that comes close, but not quite, was what happened a few years ago with row Advisors, that you can make the case that they were not overly successful, or there were a couple of great companies like Wealthfront and Betterment uh, created in, in that space. So Row Advisors, conceptually, they were taking a lot of the index products and passive products for Vanguard and adding a level of intelligence that allows them to do automatic rebalancing and things like that. So let's we can extrapolate that those ideas to DeFi, and then have protocols that essentially adjust their behavior intelligently based on, on on market conditions. What that means to the for the users is that they're going to likely be more protected, and have protocols that become better with the usage. They learn, right? They learn from the behavior of the users, and they can adjust to their preference, to their investment habits, and and things like that. Whether today the, the current generation of protocols is just that infrastructure layer, and everything else is is being built uh, outside. So we think yes, the the, the application layer is going to capture some of that intelligence, but also the protocols they they should become more intelligent. Just like in, you know, cloud computing is becoming intelligent, networking is becoming intelligent. So the layer of DeFi is going to become intelligent as well.
2: Can you maybe explain on a couple of examples, like how this would make the users more protected?
3: Yeah. So let's take the example that we mentioned with the meme trade that happened a few weeks ago. So there were some bad news linking some of creators of Abracadabra with the XCFO of Quadriga. Then AMM pools had exposure to the meme token and started seeing a lot of withdrawals, like very massive. It was not normal. In the current version of the convex protocol, that was one of the protocols affected by this, the withdrawals just happened, right? Like you can think about a version of this, an intelligent version of this, that when it detects an activity that is anomalous, could either pause or could even readjust the balance of the pools based on that behavior because something is happening that is, is not common. It's outside what you're seeing every, every single day. But from there, I mean, that, that's an extreme. Uh, example. So think about during normal market conditions, during normal behavior of an AMM, you can have the, the pools adjust based on the specific flows of the market, based on a specific news, based on a specific momentum of the tokens. There has been so much progress in deep learning, machine learning research in areas like time series, like natural language that are very relevant to this, that today we have the technology. There is a fundamental technological challenge that is incorporating all that at at the blockchain runtimes, because all this blockchain layer one and layer two technologies, they were not designed to run machine learning models. So I think there is a technological barrier of entry there, but but it's, it's potentially solvable.
2: But wouldn't we end up in a situation when instead of being better protected, we'll be talking to a robot instead of some live customer support or whatever? And whenever some non-standard situation happens, we'll have just basically no recourse because there's only artificial intelligence on the other side. It's uh, built to act a certain way and there is no way for a human to interrupt the course of things and fix this non-standard situation.
3: No, but it's not a human intervention. Today, there is no human intervention in DeFi. You're interacting with a smart contract, right? But think about a lending protocol. I borrow or I, I lend my assets to a protocol, the protocol doesn't have any idea who I am, what are my habits, am I interacting with addresses of suspicious activities, have I been in this market and got liquidated a thousand times, am I trustworthy, so why not to incorporate that? It's not about KYC or anything like that, it's just about market intelligence. If I'm able to incorporate my behavior, wouldn't the loan mechanics be smarter and say, well, you can borrow this amount, but not this other amount, or it's not the right time to take this the, the, this much of it. I mean, it's, it's just simple evolution of being a very basic lending protocol without any restrictions and becoming more intelligent and, and adapted to, to users' behaviors.
1: So a lot of people talk about artificial intelligence as a job killer, you know, uh, generally in the economy and all these sort of fantastical statistical analysis forecasts that people make about how everyone's going to be out of work in the future. What do you think this evolution of DeFi with, with AI uh, is, is going to mean for job prospects in, in this industry?
3: Yeah, let me give you the two perspectives of the AI job killer thesis from just the AI perspective, and, and let's try to map it down to DeFi. So one theory of this is that AI would take a lot of jobs away, but will create others. So the analogous to, to this is what happened during the Industrial revolutions. There were a lot of manual jobs that were taken away by uh, machines like the steam engine and things like that, but it opened a lot of other industries. And, and obviously, it was the beginning of the the British Empire becoming the dominant economy in the world. The, the other theory about this is that that might happen, but when the Industrial Revolution took place, there were countries that didn't industrialize, I put African countries, that it took them uh, 200 and something years to get back to be powerful economies. And that was with technology that replaced bodies. So what will happen with technologies that, that replace minds? And it's pretty clear today that the AI race is a race between the United States and China and the rest of the world is being, it's not like the internet, it's not like mobile that Europe was able to compete. I think the United States and China are at a complete different level uh, today. So when you think about that, if there is going to be a gap between the US and China and the rest of the world, what do you leave for, I don't know, truck drivers in Honduras and and things like that, that their jobs are going to be replaced by autonomous trucks? If, If during the industrial revolution took a cycle of 200 something years, what would happen here? So that's very very concerning. Now, let's try to map that thesis to DeFi. DeFi by itself, without any intelligence, is one of the most transformational movements in capital markets. An analogy that we use, that I think I used in in another one of the articles, is that uh, it's probably since the markets became electronic, is the most transformational thing that has happened in capital markets. Not even the inception of crypto was as transformational. So from that perspective, DeFi is disintermediating a lot of friend seekers in capital markets, market makers, lenders, and, and, and other parties that uh, do not contribute and bring a lot of obscurity to the dynamics of the market. When you add intelligence to it, that value proposition obviously enhances. Now, in terms of the job replacement and the role replacement, I think it's more of the same. It's disintermediating all those bodies and putting that logic and intelligence in the form of a smart contracts. Now, market makers in capital markets are becoming smarter using AI. Market makers in DeFi are going to become smarter using AI. It's not different.
1: It's good there are going to be some, some jobs out there for somebody. Uh, All right. So so, so where do you think this is going? I mean, where do you think we're going to see AI having the biggest impact and and what's going to be the kind of sequence of that? uh, You know, what are they going to be kind of the low hanging fruit and what are going to be the kind of edge cases going forward?
3: I think in, in the current market, there is a massive opportunity of using machine learning techniques to capitalize on the inefficiencies of DeFi, like trading and arbitrage and things like that. There's a tremendous opportunity there. As the market becomes somewhat more efficient, a lot of that intelligence is going to appear in, uh, in protocols. We're already seeing iterations of this. Protocols are doing insurance with, with certain logic. The, some of the derivative protocols are quite uh, uh, quite a smart in what uh, they're trying to do, even if the scale is still minimum. And we're seeing... AMMs that are starting to show some creativity beyond the basic uh, linear. I think Uniswap B3 was was extremely creative. Uh, you can uh, start injecting bits and pieces of intelligence into it. So we think it's going to be in just the next, the next iteration of DeFi protocols, we're going to start seeing forms of machine learning uh, embedded in them.
1: And, and do you think we'll see the kind of consumerization of these intelligent products? I mean, like we saw, you, you mentioned Betterment, Earlier on what well front, I mean, will we see the equivalent in the kind of DeFi retail space?
3: That I think is more a problem of user experience than anything else. So today, to, I mean, you could get a ton of value as a retail investor going into DeFi. The experience is very difficult though. You need to go from a fee on ramp and then you go into all these protocols and nobody really understands what they are. And then because of the scary things like hacks and all that happen, that, that creates a lot of uncertainty. So if you have a mechanism to mitigate that uncertainty and really good user experience to go from my bank account to essentially earning a deal on, on one of these protocols, you're going to see a lot of adoption. Today, DeFi is mostly a crypto-to-crypto play. We haven't seen massive Fiat inflows into, uh, into DeFi yet. And obviously there is a regulatory angle here, which is also one of the very complex aspects of DeFi, how much that retail presence is going to be regulated. And, and that, that's probably going to have to, is something that the industry is going to have to navigate in the next few years.
1: And do you think that AI will actually play a role in the regulation of this market? I mean, would it be possible for regulators to sort of use these tools to kind of work out what's going on or manage what's going on?
3: With your help, I published an art piece on, on Coindesk about ideas for DeFi regulation, which, right. which I think none of them are going to happen. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, it was, but I mean, if if we know how regulators behave, that's unlikely to happen. But it was just showing a little bit of what's possible. And so the, the traditional approach to regulation is everybody has to KYC and AML. So you go, will go to a protocol and say you, you need to... KYC all your users, that's a little bit of a brute force approach, and that's likely to hinder innovation in the space for for a little while. An interesting alternative to that is, can you use all the data of DeFi? Everything is visible, so everything is at the blockchain level. Could you look at any market on a DeFi protocol and use machine learning to extrapolate the regulatory compliance readiness of that? Can you start seeing how many addresses are liquidated, how many addresses are linked to suspicious accounts? And essentially come up with a score that said, look, the compound ETH die market is 90%, you know, clean for, from a regulatory perspective. At the end, that's what regulators do. They take a statistical sampling of a specific, of a specific capital market. Now, is that, is, that really, uh, is that really viable from a legal perspective? Uh, probably not. But are some of the things that are possible in DeFi that are not possible in any other capital market?
1: So the SEC hasn't been in touch since we published that article?
3: Uh, no, I hope they're not either. So oh,
1: That's a shame. Because uh, there were some really good ideas and we'll publish that with, uh, with the show page here. So, I mean, you talked about, for instance, this idea of uh, incentivized KYC. Um, mm-hmm. Could you talk a little bit about that?
3: Yeah, that one might be simpler to do. So we're seeing protocols like Arc that are trying to do the institutional uh, adoption with KYC and AML. So... Could Aave do something interesting and say, "Well, we're gonna add more incentive to those pools to make users go on KYC just because they're gonna get better returns, sort of as a gam- gamify a mechanic versus like you know an imposed things so that you have to do." It. And I think that's likely to work out. What I believe could happen with the forced KYC AML thing is that those protocols are gonna end up with like seven market makers just playing with each other. There are not a whole lot of volume and a lot of the creative innovation and things that are happening in DeFi are probably going to get affected. But this type of gamify approach, it happens in DeFi already. Like you have protocols like Curve that rebalance the pools every week. So why not to put some of those incentives to pools that have the right compliance requirements and the users will gravitate towards them.
1: Interesting. All right. Well, thanks very much for your time. This, uh, it's this is fascinating and we'll repost the articles that Jesus has been publishing on the site. Thanks very much for joining us.
3: No, thank you very much for having me. It was great.
2: Okay, that was interesting. I must admit, I still don't understand this topic quite well. Like the combination of decentralized finance and artificial intelligence, you know, it just seems so far-fetched and complicated. (laughs) You know, it's like the future on steroids. I wonder what you think,
1: Ben. I'm in the same boat. I I wouldn't say I wouldn't claim <laughs> to understand all of these things. I mean, I, I can barely keep my head around DeFi and now we're introducing artificial intelligence, which is a whole level of excuse my French, mind <laughs> f- <so.
2: laughs> Yeah, it's it's like not that we understand DeFi to begin with that good, and now you have artificial intelligence. But I, but I
1: guess this proves that you know technology is kind of an arms race and, and always will be, you know, once you, you think you've kind of reached a level of sophistication and intelligence there's there's some other group of people that are just more intelligent and more sophisticated than than you are and i think it's going to be interesting to see how the DeFi market people that think they're sort of governing that market now and doing well in that market will eventually be kind of gazumped by these people with superior technology superior tools and i think we're already seeing that with some of these hedge funds which have more powerful technology they have more money and more access to stuff and people like Jesus. Surely they're going to have a sort of superior position in the DeFi market, much like the kind of guys out in New Jersey who have quicker, you know, trading bots and trading systems uh, taken over Wall Street. So uh, I think we'll see a similar kind of arms race like that.
2: Yeah. Even now, successful trading, crypto trading is about, you know, how good is your trading bot, right? How well it can catch the moves of the market. I guess it's just going to become more and more complicated. Less and less comprehensible to newbies. Imagine when normal people hear that. Even now, when you just start learning about crypto and you hear about all of that, you're like, oh my God, what is even happening? It's so hard to comprehend. And then it's going to become even more complicated. So, guys, if you're listening to that, start learning now.
1: <laughs> I think that's definitely true. And, uh, you know, it just goes to show that a lot of this stuff isn't really about human beings anymore. We might all think that we're really smart, but the machines are taking over.
2: So <laughs> these are the humans who invent the machines in the first place gives them true. tasks to learn and uh, instruct them but oh. then when your bot is trading against you then what are you going to do then
1: <laughs> well but these systems are learning they're self-learning right so they're programmed to gather more and more information and to pick up patterns and to develop strategies based upon that so they become sort of self-fulfilling systems in the in the end and that's kind of scary that this whole sort of world is is moving towards these self fulfilling uh, systems or sort of controlling us. So,
2: which don't even need us really.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they talk about this kind of idea of the financial singularity, which I think is, is really where we're going. Maybe we should have asked Jesus about that, which is the idea that we're all sort of going to end up in this big black hole of automation. So, anyway, I think we're going to wrap up the show here. And thank you, Anna, for your time as always. And that was Jesus Rodriguez. And we'll post his articles on our site with the podcast. And we'll see you next time. Thank you.
2: Future is
1: terrifying. But see you next week.
0: You've been listening to Opinionated with Ben Schiller, Anna Barakova, and guest Jesus Rodriguez. Today's show is produced, announced, and edited by Michelle Mousseau. With additional production support from Eleanor Paul. Our theme song is by Ellison. Have any questions you would like the team to discuss? We would love to hear from you. So please reach out to us at podcast at coinest.com subject line, opinionated. Or leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening.